all a, a 24-hour podcast. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but it would definitely be newsworthy because A, we would be awake for 24 hours, which I think is amazing. But B, we would be bringing news to the people, all of the updates. We would definitely have to have, if any updates happened, we'd be definitely bringing that out to the people right away. But also, I thought, be, I thought yeah, I don't, 24 hours. Uh, too long for you? Too much? Yeah, maybe 12. 12. Too much of a commitment for Nathan, 24 hours. He can't do it. Yeah, to talk to anyone I've ever dated. <laughs> <laughs> a cancer? That's what, like a six, eight month commitment? Oh, yeah, I like that joke. I like that joke, too. I remember yeah, when yeah. you... I remember when you worked on that at Joke Workshop, and I don't remember if I actually gave you that punchline or not, or if it's just in my memory that way. That's, Whoa, that's, no, oh, no. That's what I love about Joke Workshop is, like, I get to have my fingers in everybody's jokes, and then I don't remember if I helped them or not, and I get to, in my brain, take credit for things that might or might not be true. Because I'm like, oh, well, they must have worked it out at Joke Workshop at some point. So I get some ownership over that creativity. Oh, you punched up a few of mine, but uh, unfortunately, I get to I get to take credit for the cancer ones. Okay, good. Just because, okay. yeah. No, I, got, I, I was joking around about that because my mom got cancer last year. Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, how can I make this funny? I'm so sorry. Your mom's still alive, though, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, good. good. Yeah, they cut it out. All right. Cut yeah. it out. So I was just like, yeah, it was kind of a thing. And then there was a scare about my grandma right after. I'm just like, ugh. <sighs> Fuck this thing. I'm going to try to make some funnies out of it. But it's <laughs> nice that you love your family. That's really great that you, like, love your family and they seem to love you. And that's really, what a joy. Yeah. So that's why I kind of feel okay just kind of like condemning a Tinder girl to cancer death. Oh, a in fake my comedy. Oh, I, an imaginary girl that only worked for that joke, please. It's exactly, not like it's not like she was girl. actually a working girl. It's not like you took any money no, or food like out I'm, of anyone's I'm mouth. Not, no, I'm not murdering prostitutes. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm saying, you know, I'll kill a hypothetical woman. How many prostitutes? How many were you when you used to play Grand Theft Auto? Were you like a big a big prostitute killer, or were you more like I'm listening to the radio more? The stations are cool, or were you like I'm shooting bitches in the face? Oh, I was like following all the laws and committing high level white collar tax fraud. <laughs> just committing high level white collar crime during yeah, Grand Theft Auto. I, I was just like, come and find me, motherfucker. Now, this isn't a game. This is practice. <laughs> That'd be good for, um, that'd be a fun, like, Twitch thing of, like, I'm just trying to follow the rules in Grand Theft Auto. I'm, <laughs> this I is, the, right? The, like, what are you doing on Grand Theft Auto today? Oh, I'm filling out my W-2. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent my day at Grand Theft Auto in the DMV. That's yeah, the only place I'd when be. You, when you don't steal them, you have to, they have to be fucking registered. <laughs> That's the only place I'd feel good about shooting people in the face would be like the DMV and Grand Theft Auto. I, I hope that they made that. Does that exist? Because I've never actually played the game. No, they they, they don't oh, let no, you go no, to the no. DMV. There that was, needs to be a cookie that you can unlock. Grand Theft Auto, I can't remember which one, but they allowed you to eat food and you can get fat and or you can be skinny or fit or you could do all these different things. But it was it was weird because it was like uh, you made yourself. Well, it was like a fantasy. I would like. 
I would like someone, any person of the Grand Theft Auto franchise, please have like a cookie in there where someone can just go into the DMV and just fucking murder everyone you have. Oh, I'm sure that's a thing. <laughs> right? Does that not perfect. exist? Yeah. I can't believe that oh, doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, out of all those games, they did not do that. Sometimes I feel like the smartest person. It was person good. Was. It was designed well to help people just kind of get the rage out. Yeah. Just a little bit of rage. You've got to let it out a little bit. I like that the Red Dead Redemption is the same company, Rockstar. Ah, Red Dead Redemption I mean, it's was It's basically awesome. Grand Theft Auto, but it's the Wild West. But Red Dead, Red Dead Revolver was even cooler because you could play uh, uh, Texas Hold'em by shooting people. You get a card, and then you get like, here's the river, and here's the... Here's the turn. It was a fun shooting game. Well, you know, poker was very popular in like 2006. Exactly. It was like 2006. In the new game, yeah, you're gonna, it's just you're playing legit poker, and I would just be sitting there in my room, and I'm like three hours have gone by, and I'm playing poker against three fake cowboys, <laughs> and I'm like worried about what he's going to play. <laughs> I'm like, dude, fucking... Dude, fucking Prospector Pete's been really up my ass on these big blinds. My buddy was going to different casinos, and he won uh, about two grand, maybe uh, 2500 from just different winnings, and that wasn't too much. But then we went to Costa Rica for three months on a surf trip because of that. Oh, I because mean, of the he, money that he yeah, won. Yeah, he won That's that. Nice. That was for him. But, I mean, uh, yeah, that was... His winnings. That's he was awesome. Like, cool. Everyone I only did. Money. I did one. Uh, I did one buy-in tournament at Caesars. Forty bucks. And I did. How much did you buy in? Oh, it was a hundred-dollar buy-in. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Okay. But I. Uh, I. A... But you could also cash out, so it was one of those ones you don't have oh. to wait for the tournament. Cool. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. How but did you do? Lots... Well, I sat back and read the table for like an hour and a half, nice. and it's embedded, and then I was like. 600 bucks up or so, uh, and then this dude sat down next to me with a, a baseball cap and sunglasses oh, and that's headphones. It. It's over. And about $10,000 worth of chips, <laughs> and he sat down right next to me on the mm. blind, and I said, uh, no thank you. And I cashed out, and Good. then I lost most of that money at a strip club. Oh no, but yeah. no, but that's so smart. You got you your six hundred dollars. Oh, went to a strip club. Nathan, I respect yeah. you so much. You drive like a grandma. You totally dumped out when you had six hundred dollars, and you spent that money wisely on strippers. On you. You're a job creator. Yeah. You're rad. You enjoyed well, the job that was. That was the problem. I was like, I was like, uh, I got the cash. And then I immediately was like, let's go deposit this in the bank like a responsible person. Yes, 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 like Nathan, yes. (laughs) And then I go and I deposit the money. And then we're walking back to the, we're going back to the hotel. And then these dudes will just flick these flyers at you. Oh, no, I love them. They're the stripper cards. (laughs) They're the stripper cards. They go, they hit them, they hit them and they give them to you. Yeah, yeah. They're like, if you come in and and you buy two drinks. Uh, a limo will take you home for free. Yes, yes. And I was like, that seems cheaper than an Uber. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to come up so ahead on this. Yes. And yes. I put the money in. It was a separate debit card, so I put all the money directly in there. You're going to get exactly, ahead on this. But exactly how much it was. But and then I walk in, and then right out of the gate, it's like a three-story thing, and this most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life walks right up to me, and she says, do you want to come back and just hang out? And I was like, yeah, that seems kind of cool. And then 
she walks off and then she like asks like for a debit card do I want for like drinks or something and then she goes off and the, and then she comes as in a different waitress comes back and she's not dressed sexy at all oh and uh she looks she, she had a stern look on her face the old bait said, and switch uh, yep she's like this card's no good and <gasps> i knew that it was not no good and they just drained the whole card no yeah, oh they just kept you didn't even get to see the twat pharmacy? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was very upset. Oh. So. I know. The very, the very first story, uh, short story series I ever wrote was about Dottie and Bree, and they were two um, girls that lived in Vegas that sold, you know, they were working girls. But they did this thing called a twat pharmacy. Obviously, I was writing fiction. But that uh, Dottie would go up to your room and then out of her pussy, she'd pull out this thing and she'd unroll it and there were drugs. And so you'd buy the drugs. So it was basically like oh, her like being a, a prostitute was a cover for her being a, a, a drug dealer. And uh, it was the beginning of a short story, but it was this twat pharmacy. And uh, so – and. They end up stealing a suitcase full of cocaine from these Korean guys. Anyways, <laughs> it's a crazy story, but what it circles around is that it starts in Vegas, and it's a prostitute who isn't really a prostitute. She's really – well, she was. She is, but she's really a drug dealer. It's a cover. That makes sense. Yeah, the Twat Pharmacy. She opened – like so that – yeah, you get up there, and you're like – a good idea. What did you – and then they pull out of their vagina, and they roll it up. Just like knives. You know, like when professional chefs have knives, and they put them in that fabric, and they roll them up, and they put them in other yeah. places. It's just like that, except with drugs in someone's pussy. Was it specifically any, like, one type of drug? Or oh, multiple. Or, like, more talented ones that could do, like, a Cubano Every. roll? Well, no, it was – you would just have to imagine the same thing of when you take your knives as a chef, and you put them in, you roll them up – Except it's the same thing, but smaller. But when you take it and roll it out, there's all kinds of little different baggies of different things, all kinds of different uh, drugs. Really, anything you could want. Yeah, I just don't think I'd buy those too. drugs. I mean, you know? No, 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 no. It's not about sex. It's about drugs. That's the whole thing. No, it's sex is just a guise. I, yeah. I don't think I'd buy drugs that I know came out of a, a vagina satchel. Yeah, why not? It's all it's, because gross. But it's inside other things. It's just that that's the carrier. Yeah. That's that's how you get yeah, it. I guess. I guess it's more for like a hardcore drug buy because it's yeah. like if I'm just casually trying to buy some weed in a state where it's not legal, I'm not going to probably buy the cooch variety. No, exactly. But yeah. if it's like if it's 3 a.m. and I need some smack. I think that's yeah. what happens when you need smack. <laughs> or the DMT or the 2CE. Oh, my God, I'm going to do that. Whatever. Yeah, that would be terrifying if the DMT activated in your cooch, and then you just had to talk to aliens through that. That Wow. Well, a cool megaphone, really. Like an yeah, echo chamber. It's, like, it's just probably not what they were imagining for first contact. <laughs> I hate to ruin it for them. So that actually brings up, this is ridiculous. You can go online to 14 Threes, and I wrote this story called Jane Six, and it's about the future. It's after the water wars of 2022. Awesome. and uh, Or 22. Well, that's coming up. I, well, it's so it's after the water wars, and it's when women have three choices if they're poor. They can either be a breeder, a sexer, or a host. And this one girl decides to be a host, and so there's this entire universe that's implanted into her uterus. And they're 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 an alien race, and they're called the UTIUD. 
<laughs> what the fuck? I know. It's <laughs> online. You can read this story. It's, it's on 14threes.com. Yeah, uh, I did 18 episodes and I never finished it. I got to the part is she where able to, is she able to communicate with the aliens? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh they yeah. Like, well, like, she could, you makes... turn it, could you turn the heat up? It, well, they don't get. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty warm. Actually, like, your you uterus is frigid. Yeah, it's well, it's anyways. It's a story that exists online. My buddy, oh. my buddy Tim Pizza. Um, is it like a buddy comedy? Does she become like homies? It is. It host? is like a buddy comedy because it's not a comedy though. Her best friend, who she ends up sort of, I lost. I stopped writing the story when the two girls got together because I'm like, fuck. Now I have a lesbian relationship. I have no idea how to deal with this fictionally. So, like, there's one of the girls. She's supposed to be a sexer, and when you become a sexer, you go into this thing in this room, and they basically like remove your uterus with this crazy thing, and they put you on all these drugs, and then you're just sort of like vapid as a pit of starfish, and you just have sex with people for money. But this one girl's like, uh, uh. Who cho- who chooses that? You get to choose, but you either get to be, you either get to, if you're either rich and you get stuff, but it's after the water wars. There's no water, like. Air comes in little capsules. Everything is ins- no I'm one sorry, knows. Sorry, wait, come again. Air capsules. Yeah, like air. Like, Fuck off. There's nothing out. No one's outside. The bay is gone. There's no water anymore. The oceans. What do you mean there's no air. Well, like outside of the buildings, and so when people get taken away, like all of their water becomes part of the group's water. Like I it's- understand that, but just from the concept of as a man. If I had – and men will choose sex almost every time unless it's up against air. But men don't have – men have different choices than women. So the whole point is that there's all these women that live in the ten lawn, and they have to make choices. And they know from wherever they came from and whatever they remember that they can either be a breeder, a sexer, or a host. And they have to make a choice. And they either put some other alien race inside of them that's paying a lot of money or they – get hooked up to this thing for 20 years where they just constantly have babies, but they get, like, food, and they get to, like, see things and watch things and be kind of, like, just super passive, but be, like, these, you know, breeders. I understand that, but if an alien if an alien economy was putting itself in your body, you'd imagine they'd have enough budget for water. Well, well, that's – so exactly, and that's if you become a host, you get all kinds of water. That's the whole thing. If you become a sexer, you get to have a bath, and you get water, and they fill up this thing with food, and all these things happen. So whatever choices you make, although these certain women only have three choices yeah. that they make from, there are people way above them in other places that don't have to make choices or have enough money that none of this is a thing, but it's about like – it's just my dystopian future story, and it's called James. I'd Six. watch that Netflix show. Well, you can read the story and then send it to Netflix and be like, "Hey, you should turn this into a thing." It's on. So it's, did you watch? Uh, did you watch The Witcher? I don't know what that is. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so it's a show that's on Netflix right now, and the, one of the main facets is actually based off of an old Polish novel series that became a video game after that. But now they're on the show. And the witches and wizards are all sterile, and that's the choices they make. They strap you to a table, fill you full of drugs, and rip out your uterus. But then you can use magic. And 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 then you can use magic once there's no but way you, you can, can procreate. Use magic. Yeah, that's the rule. If you if you want to use magic, we need your junk. Oh. Well, you, the dude's still like witchers, also sterile, but they can use a dick. They still have a dick. It's your mojo. So like, is your when, magic. Yeah, and when they, yeah, it's just you can't you can't bear children. 
Huh. Well, I mean, oh no, can't bear children. My God, am I a real person or not? Huh? Who knows? Uh, yeah, she's like real bummed out about it because her lifespan's so long. And then she's like, but what's it all for? How can I pass it on? Ah, uh, well, yeah. that makes sense. And then they adopt, and it's kind of sweet. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's, she's got a curse, though, Cause... and it's the whole thing. They got to, you know, they got to cure that curse, you know. Yeah. You know, curse, you know curses be fucking trifling. Curses be trifling? Curses that was... be trifling, yeah. <laughs> That's the main, I think that's kind of the synopsis, synopsis point that they had written out for it. Uh, I was, I'm looking up, I'm trying to look up my story and I'm looking in the internet and it's making me crazy because I'm having trouble finding it. And I'm like, I know that it exists. God damn it. Like, did I imagine not no, only I, an entire story, but also writing an entire story? No, I, I, I know. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, I finally found it. It's at 14threes.com. F-O-U-R-T. 14threes. Just spell it out. And he's got all this stuff here. And let's see. I've got Mad Math. Chris, Jane Six. So it's really there. Yes. So Jane Six. So I wrote. Um, I wrote Can I a lot. Of, on Audible? Can I get it on Audible? No, I didn't read it out loud. It's just you have to actually read it. I mean, oh, I'm, see, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, though. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I think I read it out loud. <laughs> I think I read it out loud once um, on... You do that during the... Uh, when you do the... Uh, when we do the lock-in, we could dedicate... Uh, we're not going to read the whole goddamn thing. It's not that long. Two chapters of it. If there's a lot of, like, dialogue, we could play the part. Oh, that's a good idea. Can, that's an excellent I, I idea. Wanna, I want Sam to be one of the sexers. Well, obviously... Yeah, he just seems like he'd make that choice. I'm sure. Well, that's the whole thing is you get to make the – well, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, damn, there it is. I really wrote this. This this actually it's happens – It's very serious. It's a drama, but I will insist on using a Monty Python female voice. Fair. That's fine. Uh, you may not go to get more uterus dropped out. And now for the oral sex. And capsules and whatnot. You're a genius, Nathan. No, it, I, I. This often happens to me with uh, art. That art, actually, when I used to write a lot of, like, I used to be a fiction writer. I used to write a lot, a lot of fiction, and it just came out, and I've written a lot of it. And I'll oftentimes go back and read things I've written and been like, "Oh shit, I wrote that." And it happens a lot with like even poems that have been published. I'll go back and see stuff and be like, "Fuck, man, I wrote that," but I don't, I don't necessarily have the memory of writing it and even with jokes sometimes like I do them a billion times but I don't remember when the script was written I know that I wrote it right so like have you read uh, Stephen King on writing yes yeah absolutely he doesn't even remember writing Cujo like at all well he was doing a lot of cocaine yeah but, 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 so that was hilarious like an entire book that they made a movie out of and he's just like no nope, that was kind of a blur well, in you know, oftentimes when I'm on stage and just performing, I won't remember performing, not because I'm drunk, oh, but because yeah. I'm so in the moment on stage that I can't even, like I'm I'm so there that I can't understand myself in the past or the future because I was I was there. Oh, I get that. Like I'll have whole shows. Like if I'm hosting, I'm thinking in between each and then doing the set and then coming off. And so I was like, oh, I like that thing you did. I'm like, what thing? Right. Say that I was like, that was funny. I said that. Fuck. Well, but you, 
whenever you're here, at least things are recorded. Like that's how I, I don't know. Not that I listen back to everything I do here because I don't, because how could I? There's too much material. But sometimes I do and I'm like, oh, wow, I did write a joke or I did say something entertaining. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, it's like I, you, a lot of people like well, like record each each mic that they do, and I did it for a long time. And I well, not a long time, and like compared to a lot of people, but just for me, like for consistency, like oh, like over two hundred mics, right? Yeah, of course. And I did it forever, and then I had like a couple, like one where I just forgot, and then I had a fuck like just a great set, and then I was like, man. Is it? Is this the crush? Told it. But how many of those? How many of those two hundred sets did you listen back to? Not many. Exactly. So, for example, I used to have an iPod that had my first hundred sets recorded on it, and it got stolen. And it was the happiest thing that ever happened. I don't want those first hundred sets. My God, if someone yeah. made me listen to those now, I would be gouging my eyes out, and I would pee my pants with embarrassment that I oh, actually well, got see, up I on stage when I sucked that home. badly. I mean, yeah. I was bad. And I recorded that. I never want to experience that again. Thank God that's all behind me. <coughs> yeah, I've had similar thoughts when I go back and listen to them after like a couple weeks. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a fun show. What was that? And then I hate it. Like, you, uh, it's the best function it can serve if you're writing stuff and trying to be consistent, I guess, is just like listening to it on the walk home after. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or like, – and you can be like, that worked, that didn't, okay, cool, write it down, on to the next one, so and you won't like. The best way to do it is to have a crew. So when I first started years and years ago, my crew was Alex Q. Huffman and, and uh, Jason Dove. Neither of them do comedy anymore. But we would do an open mic, we would record, we would plug it into Alex's Bluetooth in his in his car, and we would listen to our sets on the way to the next open mic because this was before there was any of this pre-signed fucking bacon bullshit. There was no bacon. There was like no Facebook for you babies. Nobody told you where the open mics were. You had to know it yourself or know the people or fucking figure it out. You had to do some real <laughs> research and some real work. And we were hitting on a Monday. We were hitting four mics. We were going like brainwash. Uh, 800 Larkin, Harrington's, fucking Next Crispy Tacos, and there was one more, and I don't even remember it. And, like, we were we were hitting these, and because Alex had a car, we'd, like, go to Brainwash, we'd get in the car, we'd listen to our sets, we'd get to the next place, we'd sit there and wait and wait and wait. Paul Brumbaugh used to run the one at Next Crispy Tacos. Monday was a hot night back in 2011. Anyway, that's the only time that I ever like listened to my sets was on the way to the next set because we all knew that we were doing the same sets four times that night. Right. Well, that seems cool. It'd be, it'd be pretty tough now to actually like hit four unless you're really diligent about the pre-signs. There's some people that do it. Like I know Jack Ferguson works his ass off and he can crush like three sets a night. Um, he's like, but he's like, he's in there and then gone, you know, right after he's done. And I've had, I did some, weeks where I did that and it's got its own kind of fulfillment but I get a lot out of hanging out with the comics I do too I get a lot out of hanging out with my friends and being able to like, hang out before and after because if I'm just stressing out about trying to get to an extra mic that yeah. might be a dud in in which like or I can hang out where I know that there's going to be more people I don't know it's kind of give and take it depends on what you're trying to get out of it yeah it depends on what you're trying to fix, I guess, about your set, or if you're trying to fix maybe just one thing, and you know that that tag didn't work as well in that room, so you wanted to try it again while it's still fresh. I fucking get that. 
I mean, if it if if running your script is so important, I mean. Right, and to me, not really. That's never been. And I mean, I know that's because <laughs> I'm still new as shit, and you know, whatever. But, I get it. I think it's different for you and I because we come from an actual theatrical background. So being on stage isn't as important because you know how to fucking be on stage. Like you don't have to you don't have to practice having your toes point to the audience so p- people can understand what you're projecting or even the concept of projecting your voice or the concept of looking at people in the audience and making I- like there's all kinds of theatrical things that one might have learned as a child growing up in the theater that suddenly you come to stand-up comedy and it's like oh all these other skills are transferable yeah and i have to notice that too sometimes it's like oh geez all the mic time is important why it's like oh so you can build stage presence i'm like oh i'm just worried about the word right exactly because yeah exactly you don't you don't have and also you don't have to necessarily i mean everyone has to work on their voice but obviously you don't necessarily have you have a presence that already exists because this ain't your first fucking rodeo. Like you're not, there are people who start stand-up comedy in their 20s or 30s and they've never been on stage before. Like not as a, even in a school play or a, they're like, oh, standing on stage is the scariest thing that ever happened in the history of the world. Yeah, people freak. And, oh, oh, uh, public speaking is my biggest fear, but I have to overcome that, so I'm going to be a stand-up comic. Well, good Whoa. luck, bro. But, like, some of us have like, been... like, hey, I don't really like the sight of blood, so I'm going to be a surgeon in the Civil War. Right? <laughs> well, I wanted to be a veterinarian when I grew up. I love animals, and I was vegetarian, and I didn't... I've always loved animals, and I fucking love cats, duh. But, so you were just like, if I'm going to cut open some animals, they better pay me for it. Well, no. It was like I was a freshman in high school, and there was the thing where we had to dissect the frog. And I, could, I couldn't look at his froggy face. Once he was on his back and we opened him up and I could look at it objectively, I was fine with it. But I can't look in their eyes. It's the same thing being like a cook or a chef. I, can, oh. I can't look in the duck's eyes, but I can debone a duck. But if you give me a duck with a head on it, I can't do it. Like someone else has that to take the sense. head off, but I can't, I can't look at the animal in the face and be like, this is an animal. So I knew when I was a freshman in high school, I'm super wicked smart. I love animals. I'm never going to be a veterinarian because I can't cut open this fucking frog can't without crying. So you knew by the frog that that wasn't for you. I kind of enjoyed doing the frog. Uh, but I mean, I'm a, a boy. I'm, I'm, you know, twisted. Though we did a, <laughs> uh, this twisted girl. I saw. I got roped into doing this prank. It was a funny prank, but it was a little fucked up. We we took all the. Uh, there was this one class. It was anatomy class in high school for like the AP kids or whatever, like the smart kids. And they didn't. They weren't doing frogs. They were doing cats. Oh, that's awful. I know. And they were doing cats, and we knew like a week ahead because they were—they warned everybody. It's like, hey, if you're in the class, you're gonna have to, you know, deal with a cat. And if you can't, like, they send the waivers home and everything, all that shit. So me and uh, me and this girl who was just like super twisted, but she was also like the ace, like the honor. So she was in the class, so she was like my accomplice. And we went and we got. How big were her tits, Nathan? Oh, uh, they were—they were. They were uh, nice you know, tits. You don't remember that so much. You don't. I mean, I mean, it's just like you, you know, size. So is wait, 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 wait. This didn't have a sexual component to it. This was you and a girl I, doing a prank, because you were smarty pants weirdos that were like, 
fuck the system. We're going to do a weird prank. You weren't yeah. like, I want to touch her boobs. I want to touch her boobs. Well, there was probably a, a subterranean element of that. Mm, lizard brain. But yeah, because lizard brain. But no, I was just kind of in, in for it, in for the ride. Mm. And uh, we went to PetSmart, and we found our, our tools of torture, and we and we uh, we bought about 25 personalized collars. Well, that's very expensive. That's like five. Uh, how rich were you? Yeah. Both of you were rich or just her? Just her. Okay. She was kind of, you Because that's like $125 worth of cat collars. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware. And each one, each fluffy, one different name, precious, kid, some you know, shadow, something shadow. like that. Uh, we Spike. just named one of them unlucky, which oh, I thought was pretty funny. Oh, unlucky! Uh, oh dear lord! And we went in the the day before uh, the class, and we <laughs> we put the collars on all the cats, just where right when you open it up, they'd be kind of there with their legs up, like looking right at the zipper. You're going which, to hell, was, Nathan. This is your going to hell moment. This is the first and, time. Uh, and uh, they opened up the next day. Yeah, they had to shut the class. That's just the amount of crying. It was an amazing thing. Um, was And this was before Instagram. Nobody could take the film, so it didn't really happen. Oh, exactly. No, so this is when, yeah, things were great because it would just blow over and mm. eventually. Uh, before so everybody would my, remember forever. Unlucky. Well, my, uh, my mom was an MD, and she used to tell me about this guy that was in her uh, residency that would pull all these messed up pranks. And uh, it inspired me to do it myself. But Terrible it was a, prank. Uh, well, it was fun. It was nowhere near as bad. Like this guy who I think is a neurosurgeon in New York or something now, but he was uh, in residency the same time as my mom. There was this one time they were uh, doing a dissection on the, uh, the stomach of a cadaver. Mm. Uh, so there were all these cadavers that were slated, and apparently this guy and some of his friends. So it was like equally fucked up, but also impressive that they cut in and made a separate incision point on the side the night before and put fully wrapped Big Macs into each of the stomachs. Dear God, that's and insane. Them, and sewed them back up so that the following day when the class would dissect from the top, and open up the stomach, there was a fully wrapped Big Mac. That's some legendary shit. That's amazing. Right that's there. the that's I mean, the, the guy the guy was he was a troublemaker. He would regularly Oof, run so good, to like so if good. there was an outpatient like or someone like someone so in the good. emergency room, he would wear a siren on his head and sprint through the halls. And those and, those <laughs> who are genius get away with so much because oh, yeah, we can't live without them. The one that almost really got him was there's a psych ward there as well. And this one guy was really having a hard time and was screaming a lot, saying that he had been talking to God every night. Yeah. And uh, they found out that this guy had been coming in and getting over the intercom and just talking to this patient no, as God. No, 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 that's awful. That's not cool. That's not cool at all. That's not a prank. That's not a prank. That's PTSD. That's some fucked up shit, bro. I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, uh, I'm not saying that guy was a hero to me because I never met him. Wow. And he definitely did some really messed up stuff. But, uh, yeah, I can't say that that, that one or so of those stories didn't influence my, uh, the, the cat, the cat collar thing. I mean, it was mm. no, no, no incisions were made. You know, we weren't. 
you know, defiling dead animals right. in any way. We just put a couple collars on some cats. So Nathan, you choose. I'm you... gonna be. I'm gonna be real though. When we were putting them on, it got way less funny after like cat five. Duh. So then you're just like, man. Now we have to. There's like 15 more cats. I don't. I just don't. Well, that's when. It, that's when a prank. That's when it becomes. Did we did we bite off more than we could chew? Is this is this sick or is this real? Like that. She had this. Yeah. And then I looked up and I was kind of. I do remember this. But I was pretty concerned after about cat five. Yeah, like, absolutely. Is this the right thing. It's. And I, it, I mean, it's. Then, it's all fun and games yeah. until the fifth dead cat. You know, exactly. like you're. You exactly. made all of the. Okay, so. Nathan. And then my accomplice, who will remain nameless, but yeah, I looked course. up and Lauren and Lauren was kind of just giving me this creepy smile. Oh. Yeah. And, oh, uh, that was, was a sexy. Princess. That was a sexy, creepy smile, though. Come on, you liked it. She was a real. She was a real princess type, and I was just like, "We're gonna, we're gonna." Uh, I might touch your boob, but we're gonna talk about this later. <laughs> I'm gonna touch your boob now, and we'll talk about it later. Okay, you only have to listen to the first six sentences. Of Jane Six, are you willing to do it? Of what? My my Jane Six story. You tell me. Listen to the first six sentences and tell me if How you're long like. How long has this been sitting in your holster? Has it been 15 minutes? It's been sitting in my holster for 15 minutes. Yeah. People can go to 14. Sure. People can go to 14threes.com. F-O-U-R-T-E-E-N-T-H-R-E-E-S.com, and they can read it themselves. But Nathan, I just want to read you the first six sentences, and you tell me if you would watch this. Right? All right, I'm, I'm, okay. uh, I'm bought in at this point. Okay. Uh, Jane Six opened her eyes to a world with three choices. She existed on the 1016th floor of Ten Lawn, but making this choice would help her live. She certainly wouldn't have the catheter anymore, pulling the urine from her body to break it into its usable components. She'd soon be breathing that sunny yellow as oxygen and using the trace carbon to enrich what was called food. No one exactly knew what they ate, except that the brownish-green goo looked disturbingly similar to what came out the back tube and had the right amount of base elements to keep them alive before they made the choice. Jane Six had to choose. Not choosing one of the three meant staying in her pod in the ten lawn. A group of ten high-rise towers built after the water wars of 2121, and she couldn't exist this way much longer. There was talk of a small group called Refusers on the 1050th floor, but they had to be legend. None of the ten lawn residents seemed to be over 20, and how could you live by this choice? You had to choose, and there was no fourth option of staying. Do you want, would you want more, or are you like, fuck it? It's interesting. Uh, I like it. I, uh, the, the only note that you're going to get from me is the same note I got about your Wazima poster, which is that people don't want to look at shit. Oh, well, fair. But this is like this is like feminist shit seven, from the, the future. Seventh, yeah, feminist stuff in the future, the seventh word shouldn't be catheter. Oh, right, fair. Well, no, but it's that they're hooked don't up. Don't start them with catheter. you got to ease them into a Oh, oh it's, it gets... Like, hey, guys, look, catheter. But it gets crazier, like, I mean, that's that just... It'll the... get crazier, but yeah. you just don't start by making people think about, you know, their dicks and stuff. Well, no, but it's like, no, it's catheter, like, you have to have... There's no water. This, the second, that was just the first paragraph. The second no, paragraph goes into other... You, 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 
didn't say water first. You said catheter first. I said there was water wars of 2121, so you yeah, know that, that was, water is that scarce. Was five sentences after catheter. Okay, fair. And I would have fair, fair, out fair. after the first word, which was catheter. Well. Yeah, but I like it. I think it's cool. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, well, I'm going to, if only Netflix still existed after the, after the COVID wars of 2020. I'm like, the water wars of 2121, of course. Yeah, COVID wars. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if anything's going to survive, it's going to be Netflix because that's what everybody's doing. Well, they almost broke Netflix yesterday. Yeah, I know. They're going to be remote flying in cast members to sets where they disinfect everybody. Oh, that's a good idea. And they just make them stay. You have to live live on the lot. and You just have to go from one fake world to another fake world entertaining everybody. I've always wanted to be on Survivor. It's, I mean, you know what, actually, Nathan, you're, you're, it's too bad that the world is falling apart and I can't believe you haven't tried out for Survivor. You're perfect for Survivor. A, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Every time they saw you on your little cute little sidebars, they would say Nathan Lowe comedian. You me. What? I am, I am not a piece of meat, Pam. You're not a what? I said, I'm not, you know, you know what I mean? Every time they see, no, 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 no. I'm not surviving anywhere. I'm trying to survive San Francisco right no, now. No, no, I understand that. But before, before the dystopian world that we're living in now, oh my God, you're perfect for Survivor because you're like, especially right now where you're like, you know, you'd have all the weight to lose. I'm getting fat. You could be like, I'm getting skinny. And it would keep saying Nathan Lowe comedian or Nathan Lowe personal trainer or Nathan Lowe bartender. Like they always change your title. It's so cute. And everyone would look you up and they'd be like, Nathan Lowe video editor. It would be the best PR. And you'd be doing like. Okay. So before I can get famous, I should just get famous is what you meant. Well, I'm just saying that I can't believe you didn't use the reality TV method because you're very pretty. Oh, because it sounds terrible. And it's super fun. It's like summer camp, and you're such – you're like the gold – no one would vote you off the island because you're so much fun. Like, they wouldn't ever want to get rid of – they'd be like, oh, God, Nathan, he's really good at the challenges, and he's, like, fun and keeps everything light, and, you know, th- no one would want to get cable? rid of you. What? Huh? Where? Is still on cable, or do they stream that somewhere now? Survivor? I don't know. I haven't watched it in years because I haven't nannied for people that have that Yeah, package. I don't even know if they're still doing that. <laughs> it's my dream! I Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe it's not your dream. It's I dream someday of like being like that's what breaks mutiny radio right because it's like i'm on survivor and it says pam benjamin and underneath this is mutiny radio and everyone looks it up and they're like oh my god we can subscribe to that there's an app and then it's like the next time i'm talking shit about somebody on the side cam it's like pam benjamin comedian and they look up my shitty videos and they're like oh really she is funny anyway (laughs) pancake just sent me a text pam (laughs) what did he say it said alcohol to go in the city. <laughs> That's not legal. Don't spread misinformation. He said that. I don't know if that was. In, he just said, "Say it on air." Oh, I already did pancake. As in, like, you did. You said it. Oh, I'll take that to go. I'll, I'll is take that it just to go. An idea, or is that happening? Drink and drive. Drink and drink and drink and drive. What? That was an old, uh, more divine song. 
Yeah, Andrew no, Moore but I mean, and Spencer Devine. That's a pretty Devine. good idea if Uber has like Uber booze and you could just have Uber booze. Uber booze. It's on the news, the pancake said. It's on the news, Uber booze. I don't know where he's getting these. It's the first bit of happy news I've ever gotten from Pancake. Oh, that's so sweet. The happiest news well, ever from the cakes. Goes. As the world as the world falls apart, the cakes brings you the good stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. Oh, California lifts restrictions, allowing restaurants to sell alcohol to go. Wow. Yeah, California, and you can now get cocktails delivered to your home during shelter in place. Yeah, but can't. Wow. Oh, I want that cucumber jalapeno agave butt sweat. Whatever. I mean, that's a weird. Butt sweat and tears. Yeah, this is a, that's a crazy. You can get that delivered? That's crazy. I, okay. Hey, look at that. Speaking by of Friday delivery. Morning, by Friday morning, Christ Evaliantaris, owner of the Con Tiki Bar in Oakland, is already working on creating Mai Tais and zombies for delivery. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, uh, so Nathan, I have to pee, so just can you keep talking for like 45 seconds? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm okay. going to read this announcement as, uh, as Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. The announcement that he could now offer some of his tiki drinks to customers came as a huge relief. He brought a bottling system, man I've told us there, similar to what you'd use to bottle beer. He rehired some of the laid-off employees as delivery drivers. He planned to begin delivering the bottled drinks to customers in Oakland at 5 p.m. on Friday, as long as they ordered some food, a condition of the ABC's relaxed regulations. Free rum drinks will cost 13 to $16, so if you feel like you can sweat it, I'd say go. Other businesses, including... Other businesses, including... Well, I hate cocktail bar and Maven, the Mission Distillery in Seven Hills, are now getting ready to take advantage of the new rules by Friday morning. This regulatory relief is designed to support the alcoholic industry in its efforts to assist Californians slowing the spread of the virus while assisting the industry in dealing with the economic challenges it's facing as a result. Christopher Walken. The ABC said in a statement, it's what's changing. All on-sale realtors, a.k.a. bars and restaurants, can now sell prepackaged alcohol to go. Some but not all restaurants licensed already know this. Cocktails now may be sold to go as long as they're uh, take-out delivery food orders. All right, yeah, I lost it. It no, you were Christopher cat. Walken. I heard you. I was like, Jonathan said, oh, he's Morgan Freeman. I'm like, he's not Morgan Freeman. He he's was. Christopher he Walken. Changed. Changed. No, I did Morgan Freeman for the first paragraph, oh, oh, okay. and then I switched to Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah. It was great. It was he great. Walked when it now I walked in when you were walking. Hey, man. Uh, huh. Cocktails now about to be sold to go in orders as long as they're for takeout delivery food orders. <laughs> Must have a lid or cap, and the ABC clarifies no lids with sipping holes or openings for straws. Delivery drivers transporting those, they'll have to be in the car's trunk. <laughs> the retailer has a license previously prohibited, prohibited, I'm sorry, I can't oh. speak, from selling alcohol through a drive through window. That prohibition is now suspended. <laughs> you're, you're the man of many voices. Nathan Normally, 
alcohol wholesalers can't extend credit for retail customers. Is this Al Pacino? This is Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. Ah, I got it. I knew. I knew right but away. Now, the ABC says it won't be enforcing that. <laughs> all retailers can open for all hours of the day except for 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. That's a lot of changes. You're, you're really good at Al Pacino, dude. The ABC always has the way it benefits the individual businesses against public concern. In this case, the ABC sent a statement. The departure has concluded that none of these measures exercised on a temporary basis will jeopardize the public's health, safety, or welfare. Well, because... Because the ABC, I mean, I took a lot of classes with the ABC, which is why we couldn't have alcohol here at Mutiny Radio, because we used to, but that's a problem, and I learned that it's a problem, because of underage people. But if everybody is shelter-in-place, that means that all the people underage are shelter-in-place, so nobody's ordering anything unless they're already of age. So the ABC can really lift all their laws, because nobody's going out to a place where they could or might be underage. There's... There's an easy way to tell whether you're able to order alcohol or not, and that's because you're in your home and you have to be of age. So the ABC is moot. Anyway. That's interesting. Huh? I wonder what, uh, I wonder what Peter's going to do over at Ireland. We will now be doing to-go stand-up comedy. I will drive to your house and tell you some dick jokes. <laughs> that... <laughs> It's person-to-person stand-up comedy. I haven't taken a test yet, but cross my heart and swear to die, I don't have it. Well, but honestly, even if you do, for you, it it doesn't matter. And if you're six feet away from a person and you're telling him jokes, like you're 26 and you're in, you know, good shape, you're not going to die. Like... And I think I would think that eighty-year-olds aren't going to be ordering stand-up comedians to their house. Like, hey, I'm definitely taking the risk. I haven't had a laugh in a while. I'm getting a fucking comedian to my house. Anyway. Yeah. Also, if you're having a house party with some of your friends and you want to FaceTime me and connect me to your TV, I'll do a stand-up sh- show for your party. That's a great. Yeah. And you can Venmo him at. Nathan Lowe, yes, you can Venmo or whatever. Add Nathan Lowe, do comedy, or just in general, if you're feeling generous. If you're just, yes. not, not begging, not begging or anything, but Papa's got to buy some toilet paper. That's not actually a terrible idea to figure out a way to say, hey, you're a group of 10 friends, because I saw 10 people go into a house next door from here, and I know. I know they're all neighbors, and I know that the neighbors, they're neighbors of 10 and less that are gathering together to have dinner together. They all had their takeout from different places and went into one house, and they all know each other. And I know we can't, groups of 10 or less. But if what if your group of 10 or less wants a stand-up? You could give them $2 on Venmo, and they'll give you a five-minute set. Why not? Yep, or you know, you could just you know, go to go to Netflix and watch a professional. No, stop that. <laughs> Why? No. Small artists need to still. Like... These were I the know, people. I know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to do that. I don't know why I did it. It, it felt because you're a capitalist pig at heart. Come on. I know. It just felt right. It felt right to squash on my own dreams. I know. 
you're like, <laughs> it was so funny because I know you guys were all so excited to go down to L.A. You're like, we're all going. We're going down to L.A. It's going to be great. We're going to have all these shows. And it's like, there are no shows. There's no what? Everyone's where? dying. You have to stay in your house now and you can't even hang out with your friends. Ah! And I was just like, <laughs> so the opposite? The opposite of what I was going for. The very opposite of what was going to happen is happening. This is irony. You know how you're kind of dependent on friends and family for human contact? (laughs) Well, I mean, (coughs) don't, that's not a real cough. No, that was a stage cough. Good. Yes. Okay, I'm going to do something unheard of because it is the apocalypse this is such apocalyptic times i'm lighting a cigarette inside this isn't even a split i know i know i know i know this is the end times give pam one glass of wine in her own studio and she's like you know what fuck my rules yeah exactly Hey, I don't drink wine. I don't drink anything anymore. What a time to go sober. It was so funny. You know, honestly, I was talking to a person this morning, and I was like, if this would have happened in January, I would have lost my shit. But because I had the opportunity to be sober for five weeks before this happened, it changed everything for me. If this would have happened January 25th, before I fell on my face, when I was drinking hard and everything was happening, and suddenly it was like, you can't be out, you can't drink, the bars are all closed, I would have been like... Freaking. I wouldn't, I'd be like, who am I as a person? Who are my friends? Where am I? What do I do? What is my life? Holy fuck, what is happening to me? Right. But because I had five weeks of sobriety... Now you feel like you can kind of handle it. Absolutely. Well, being in a place where, I mean, the past 12 years of my life, 33% of it is spent in a bar. Like 33% is sleeping, 33% is working, 33% is in a bar. Like I've always prided myself on not watching TV. Like I don't watch TV. I hang out at a bar. I watch people. I hang out with people, whatever I'm drinking, whatever. But like my life's been in thirds like that. And you take out a third of my life. Like, I took out the third of my life before I had to take out the third of my life. You know what I mean? Right. I'm I'm drunk 33% of the time. Like, and then take that away before it happens. And then take it away. No big deal. No big deal. Totally used to it. It's fine. Yeah, this is the first night this week that I haven't been like, I'll just, you know, crush a case of White Claw. Well, for me, it was like, and with with comedy too, am I am I an alcoholic with a comedy problem, or am I a comedian with an alcohol problem? Like I uh, I don't know which way it it goes sometimes because, you know, am I am I in a bar because because I'm a drunk or am I in a bar because I'm performing? I mean that's been a fine line for me for a long time. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I live in San Francisco, and I'm just having fun, and I also happen to do comedy, but it, like, I'm not trying to go, you know, I don't know. So, it's been a weird, I, I, I mean, I get it, for, for a lot of people, like, right now, if, 
lack of stage time is scary and awful, but at least I have the radio. So even though you and I right now are screaming into the void, someone might be listening. So there's, so we're not. Yeah. My uncle today was like, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) That's cool. Which ones? The cheese one was good. I wasn't there for the cheese one. That cheese one happened in my absence. There were, well, they, all the ones from the comedy festival I've listened to and I'm like, but that's the thing now is like when people feel like they're alone and they don't have people, it's like, listen to those because we're all in a room, like everyone's just talking at once and you feel like you're in a crowd of people. (laughs) So (laughs) if you feel chaos, yeah, a plot and B plot happening at the same time. Oh yeah. I love those. (laughs) Well, but that's. I mean, that's every other story we listen to, aren't there? Like when you when you watch a dumb sitcom, it's a plots, b plots, and usually sometimes a c plot that all weave together, and that's what keeps us interested. So, Jonathan's interesting. Well, I'll have to check him out. Uh, like I wasn't expecting because he's in he he's in Tennessee. Who is your dad? No, my uncle. Oh, your uncle. I was on the phone with my uncle today, and then uh. I got a text for, or I got the Facebook message from you when I was on the phone. I was like, oh, I guess I'll call into this thing, Pam. And he was like, Pam Benjamin? Yay! Shut up. Because That's that was what you always do. Like, Pam Benjamin, Pam Clubhouse, yay! Yeah, so he's I... like, Pam Benjamin? Yay! So you're famous to my uncle in Tennessee. Yay. Um, the yeah, yay. yay! Do you know where the yay thing comes from? The or. or... So the majority of my comedy, where when people are like, what are your, what are your like origins of comedy? Mine is Crank Anchors, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Burning Man in two thousand two was all just everyone quoting Crank Anchors everywhere all the time, and uh, I'm Batman. I live in a lair, and yay, and then yay, um, Special Ed. I'm going to Hawaii, yay. Like all uh-huh. that yay shit is a hundred percent from Crank Anchors. I swooped down. And take out my prey with piano wire. I swooped down like a hawk and take out my prey with piano wire. That was uh, Adam Carolla online. Like that, all that stuff is like what formed my sense of humor is dumb, stupid puppets. <laughs> puppets in the early <laughs> thousands. Doing, doing, <laughs> my favorite one is Cammy the Blind Stripper with the dog. It's so good. <laughs> It's Sarah Silverman, and she's like, um, I have to make sure I shave myself straight, and you have to let me have my seeing eye dog, and we can't have any strobe because it affects my seeing eye dog. It's the best crank call in the whole world, and it's <laughs> to a strip club. Cammy the stri- blind stripper with a dog. Look, look it up on YouTube. Oh, dear Lord. Blind stripper with a dog. I have to check that out. Cammy the blind stripper with the dog. Crank yankers like circa 2002. It's Sarah Silverman at her finest. She is a gem. Oh, God damn it. She does so many amazing good things on that show. Which is why I love. You're going to die soon. You're going to die soon. You're going to die soon. But not as soon as you. Sarah Silverman. Like, she's so great. And people are like. I love Sarah Silverman. She only got famous because she was fucking uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who only got famous because he was fucking Adam Carolla, like, as a dude or whatever on Crank Anger, so fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to give it a peek. Yay, Pam Benjamin, yay! I'm terrible. 
Uh, so I thought you should know that. Yeah, my uncle. Yay, your uncle. Shout out to Tennessee. Tennessee. Shout out to Brad Altenbrook, that bad motherfucker. Altenbrook. That's a very white name. Altenbrook. That's my mom's maiden name. Mm. My mom's maiden name, maiden name is Schneck, which is a which is a weird word, and it's supposed to be Danish, but really, there's a there's a there's a it means snail in German, and that's why it's Schnecken is um it's a Danish that looks like a snail. It sounds like a it sounds like a Jew, like a Yiddish euphemism for penis. <laughs> yeah, Schnecken, but a Schnecken is like a delicious um, snail um, pastry. Oh. Escargot, snail pastry. But not with, not like an escargot one. It's just in the shape of a snail. And it's, so not to get super dorky on it, but I can, and it definitely works with weed stuff, is that when the Danish make a Danish, when they do their puff pastry, they use both a yeasted dough and like a butter pack. So when the French do it, they just use like butter in between flour and stuff. But... That's why Danishes are so much better because they used, they use a, they take the yeasted dough and then they put the butter pack in it, and so it's both. Anyways, it's why it's better than a croissant. Oh, that's I, a great name, Schneck. Schnecken. It's that's the thing is Schnecken. that so a Schnecken is a is a round snail pastry, but a Schneck is the name of, I guess my people, whatever. It doesn't, nothing matters anymore. We're all going to die. We're all going to die before this. Now we just all feel it more intensely. So it's. Oh, I know. It's like you're, everyone's aware now. Time to write poems. Time to write more songs. Portland Strip Club starts curbside food delivery service called Boober Eats. So the strippers are, are, uh, they're... Yeah, they'll deliver the food topless. Oh, that's great. God bless this country. Right into your that makes me so happy. Not only did we find out, that's like finding out it's Christmas, and then you wake up the next day and they're like, happy birthday. You were in a coma, and you woke up just on your birthday. But it's actually exciting because it gives you the opportunity to see titties in person. As opposed to just on your phone. It's so (laughs) great. They're so tiny when they're on your phone. But then when they come in person, they might be the same size because you have to keep six feet distance. So I don't know. Like, are they bigger on your phone or are they bigger in person if you're six feet away? I mean, that's a perspective lens question that I'm not necessarily sure of. <laughs> I know you're thinking of it too. Imagine, okay, I'm she's six feet away from me, and I get to see her titties, or I get to see them super up close on my phone. I think they're the same size. Well, see, I'm just gonna take a picture when she opens the door, perfect. so then I'm gonna have both. Good, yes, perfect. Both, even wow, cake and eat it too. Well. I was that was that was Kevin Quigley's two yeah. nights ago when he called and he was like, rapists are gonna be crazy. <laughs> because <laughs> what are predators gonna do when Tinder shuts down? How are they gonna possibly? A point. I mean, 
well, <laughs> the, the fool the fool is always right. They they the fool will say when the emperor has no clothes, and then they will get beheaded. So be careful. Or yeah. <laughs> anyone telling the, the truth. What if the king with no clothes is also a fool? What if the window is also a pool? No. Didn't hear you right. <laughs> no. Oh no, Pam. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, what if the window is a pool? That's a. I can't even. No, I said, what if the king with no clothes is also a fool? A fool. No, yeah, because you said that, that when the fools feel right, yeah. But what's less, what's more important is I follow this thing on Instagram, Pam, called classic dad moves. There's okay. a lot of dad jokes, sure, like cheesy dad jokes. I like dad jokes. And they made a tweet today that said, "If you don't replace the lyrics to my Sharona with my Corona, are you even a, are you even a dad?" Oh my God, I already did it. Oh, will you will you attach my TikTok to that, please? And then it says, m -m -m my corona uh, in the text. And how do we know that I did it first? Because you TikToked me a week and a half ago. Ride the bus Classic and touch Dad your face. Posted touch this your face. 11 hours ago. And, and that's crazy because there was a girl last Saturday who made me do my joke a second time so she could videotape me. I was at my Hella Funny show, and I did my My Corona song, and she was like, will you do it again so I can film you? And I was like, yeah, there's 12 of us here. Of course I will. And I sang my song, and she videotaped uh, it. And this is after you TikToked it. So we know that that was mine. There's evidence. However, Ride the bus it is going under the guise of being a dad joke, which means it's acceptable. Fine. It's fine. I I like I love dad jokes. I dad wish, jokes are my favorite. I wish I was a dude. Like my first joke I ever, the first joke I ever did was definitely a dad joke. We're going to a crowded place. A crowded place. There's no need to wash your hands. Wash your hands. Corona vices. It's not a scam. It's not a scam. Corona. Corona. <laughs> You can dance if you want to, but you should leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance and they don't wash their hands and they ain't no friends of mine. Yeah, no, I love all your songs. Uh, you can go where you want to as long as you go in your mind. That's you gotta, all I got. You got to go back to your hepatitis C. What you doing to me? <laughs> Can a girl got coronavirus? TikTok and me spreading hepatitis C. What you doing to me? Now Fuck you, I'm tone deaf. Hurts when I pee. She made me watch Glee, she, and now oh, it I'm burns sorry. when I pee. She made me watch Glee, and now it hurts when I pee. I'm sorry. I'm because, sorry I didn't completely yeah, memorize your scenario, story. In this scenario, you are quarantined together with a girl that you met on Tinder, and she wants you to watch a show you hate. Yes. And then also gives you a communicable disease. I really want you to use my line that chlamydia is not a flower somewhere in your song. Maybe in another verse, but just that... Chlamydia. Chlamydia does sound like a flower. It does, doesn't it? It's not. Nobody. 
I've never. I'm so lucky. I've lived. You my do. Life. You do. Uh, there are. They are similar in, in that you do have this weird urge to sniff it. <laughs> just to check. The discharge. You know, I'm. I'm just so lucky that in my entire 45 years, I've only had one STD that I got from my first marriage, uh, and that was sexually transmitted debt. That's the only. That's the only STD I've ever gotten. I've never had anything else, just sexually transmitted debt. Just the the one thing that a woman can get, uh, really, from the one of the things a woman can get from getting married as an STD. Uh, but other than that, no. I mean, and that's a mate. I've never, I'm so lucky. I don't even have HPV. I'm like, I mean, I've got herpes, but only on my face, not like on my girly parts. So yippity-doo, motherfuckers. Like, I did it. I'm 45, and I'm like all, what? <laughs> you made it. I made it. I made it. No, I know um, I know some people who went to Burning Man, and wow, are they on the Valtrex. yippee ki motherfucker. Be scared. Shingles on oh, your yeah. badge. What? <laughs> like, that's scary and... I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten anything yet, thank God. Oh, good for you. I thought you were a slut. Oh, I am. I know. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten tested, but nothing hurts. Oh, see, that I'm doesn't... Kidding, I'm kidding, okay. I'm kidding, I'm um, kidding. On the real tip, I mean, I don't know what the kids do these days. Do you do you get tested at a normal time, or like once a year, or, or do you... Is that like a thing, or is it just like, oh, I give my blood every once in a while and hope that they tell me if I've got AIDS? Oh, uh, sometimes I'll just pop in. I'll just pop in, like if it's if I've really just been on a tear. <laughs> I'll just poke really, my head in there and just be like, just, what's up, guys? Remember me? Just let's check again. Diving into the deep end of puss. Sometimes you got to get some air and check out with your buddies. Check it out. Like the... <laughs> I mean, no, by buddies, no, I mean, I mean doctor you know, it's friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> Basically, you should get an STD check. Uh, you know, with the same like same rules apply uh, for like changing the oil in your car. <laughs> Every thirty thousand miles. What's a mile? No, it's 3, oh, it's three thousand miles. Is it thirty thousand miles or three thousand miles? How often are you supposed to change it? I don't know. I haven't had a car in 12, 13 years. I don't know how cars change work. Your oil I don't know. So every 3,000 miles you go in. Every, okay. Sorry. I don't I don't know anything about cars, Jonathan. He's like, 30,000 miles. I'm like, duh. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. It is eleven oh six. Okay, you made it. Okay, you can go to bed if you want. I'm just, I'm just talking with you on the phone because I'm drunk now. I had like, I had like a glass and a half of wine, and I'm wasted. That's what happens now. Ha ha ha. Like, I haven't had. This is the first night I haven't had alcohol in like four days. So wow. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like two glass, maybe two glasses into wine, and I'm like, oh, wow, I remember what this feels like. I remember why I used to do this every day. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, oh. And, there's a, and there's a pound of chocolate next to me. Wow. Like, I'm, 
I'm I'm all over it right now. I'm like, oh. Nathan's on the phone. I've got a pound of chocolate and a glass of wine. I can't taste anything, but I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Pamela, I'll I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. I hope so. Um. So I know that I'll be here from two o'clock on because there is no storytelling with Jeff Hansen, and there is no afternoon Saturday thing. So I'll definitely be here from two to six, saying like, "This is important" or whatever. And uh, so, call in or. You're you're one of the people that it's allowed to come by because you've come by in the past. If you've never come by here, don't come here. Uh, but if stranger danger, wait. Well, I just I don't know for safety or whatever. But if you've been here in the past and you're not afraid to come back, like there's never been more than I, I think the most we've had here is six. So we're pretty clandestine, <laughs> right? We're going to be fine. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. Love you, love you, love you. Sleep well. Yay. That was Nathan. That was Nathan. That was Nathan. He's a nice boy. Yay. Do you want to say anything, Jonathan? We're going to put music up and smoke a cigarette. No. I don't have much to say. (laughs) Okay. But that was great. I thought that was a wonderful podcast. And wow. Yay. It keeps going. (laughs) I never stopped. It never stops. MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we'll be here for a little longer. Give me a call. Phone 555-00-0511. Until then, enjoy Prince because he's cool.
Villa on the Riviera. Got some friends on the south side in case you care. Out of all of your friends, I want to be the closest. That's why I tell you things to be the most. It's when it comes to life to be this man's wife. You got to be well educated on the subject of fights. I mean the prevention of. In other words, it's Ariel, meaning of this thing called love. Now you're up on this. It's something you can get up on a hug and a kiss. Come in, baby. We need to talk about things, tell me what you do, tell me what you eat, I might cook for you, see it really don't matter cause it's all about me and you, ain't no one else around, I'm even with the blindfold gagged and bound, I don't mind, see this ain't about sex, it's all about love, being in charge of this and life and the next, while the cosmic talk, I just want you smarter than I'll ever be when we take that walk, come on baby. Sexy motherfucker Come in, baby You sexy motherfucker Horn, stand up, please dystopian futures. Ah, Westworld's in my head. Gonna have to watch that again. Mm, think about stuff. Think. Thinking is good. Uh, everybody write a poem out there or whatever. <laughs> Give me a call tomorrow. I'll be back uh, at 2 o'clock for sure from 2 to 6 doing time here at the station. Give me a call, 415-550-0511. We're a news media outlet. We're staying open. Tell us whatever you need to tell us until they tell us that we can't be alive anymore. Free speech still exists. It's real. We live in the United States. It still exists. Media outlets are allowed to be awake, and they still are. So thanks. If you're on our website, click that donate button, please, for the love of God. Keep us alive in the aftermath of whatever happens. Hopefully money become meaningless, just be little pieces of paper that float through our hands and 
everyone will be able to express themselves creatively and you call in at 415-550-0511. Play us the song you wrote. I might sing you the song. Oh, goodness. We have a couple minutes left. Let's see. I have to look up the old... Uh, it was the other night on my way home. I was talking to Pancake, and I was like, Hey, Pancake, I wrote a song. And he's like, What? And then I said, It's in the style of this. And let's sing my song right now. Why not? La la la, going back through this stuff. We have a long history of texting that I am not deleting. Oh, Pancake, you're a muse. And he says it all the time. He's like, I'm a muse. Okay. Oops. No, it was before that one. Okay. Here we go. We turn out. Here's the song I wrote. It's in the style of. Um, it's in the style of like a Bob Dylan-ish, right? So it's $30 of whiskey on the bartender's tab. The window is open. What if I smoke a dab? The one-legged man next to me just ripped his foil. What if you reap before you toil? And what if none of this is real? And what if you can finally deal? And what if you're already dead? And what if this all inside your head? I don't really like those two lines. I might pull, call those out. And none of us can see the now and when will you realize the how that makes us real what can you really feel and what if none of this is real and what if you can finally feel and what if you are finally fed and what if you hate the bed that you made and in the confusion only makes you grow. Hopefully you'll never end. You reap what you sow. And everything will work out just fine. Nothing is real unless it's in your mind. And even this song is all a farce. I'll know what I am when my soul departs. And what if none of this is real? And when will you finally feel? And what if this plan fails wildly? Will you be able to see the beauty? And maybe everything in this song is the opposite of wrong. And maybe you'll learn how to feel. And someday, I'll know how to deal with the real. Good song. Not bad. Wrote it the other day. Thanks. You know, hey, everybody. There's uh, people are being all um, creative in the aftermath. Ah! Is it real? What's happening? I don't know. It's, nothing is real. Everything's real. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? Well. There's, uh, we'll play some more music and we'll get out of here. 415-550-0511. You have like two sips left of this wine. And however long it takes us to lock up the door <laughs> to call. Uh, other than that, 
we're shutting it down till tomorrow. There could be stuff tomorrow at 10 a.m., uh, but I don't think that Labor and Love will be coming in. Hopefully, Scotto brings all of his uh, microphone condoms and, and special things for all of his flat black plastic, one of my favorite shows. Hey, if you're listening, go through our archives and go to flat black plastic and choose any of them because <laughs> they are all amazing and wonderful soundscapes. It's the sound of drugs. It's flat black plastic every Saturday from noon to two. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, just again, go to our archives and check out all the old ones that are there because what a talented dude he is, Scotto. So yeah, check out everything at muniradio.fm. Thanks for listening. If you still are, give us a call. We're here for a couple of more seconds, minutes, whatever. Let's see this. Let's see what's in the, let's see what's in the kitty. Six Bryant in 26 minutes. I mean, 27 Bryant in 26 minutes. That'll do it. I'll do it.
taste of unpredictable licks. A loop is a loop is a loop. A loop is a loop is a loop. A loop is 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 a loop. I got mags every dippy dippy dope, but the whole damn nation got the same. Honey, only flock to the B that's a potent at the president with government lame. Put me on a slow moving parliamentary hacking bandwagon. You can put me little ass in the grave. I'll be live, bring a date. I mean, computer when it's over, press save. So, you can be the president.
still listening to MutinyRadio.fm, thank you. And it would be great if you would press the donate button next to the thing that you are uh, listening to. We're about to get out of here. Our bus is coming in 14 minutes, but we're going to hear a propagandi song before we get to that. Jonathan has chosen a song by a band called Propagandi, and it sounds like propaganda and Gandhi, and it's a punk band, and they do things, and they don't immolate uh, <laughs> Buddhist priests, but maybe in their songs. And he's looking it up, and here it comes. Everybody, 14 minutes till our bus, still here at Mutiny Radio because media is real and free speech is important. You can always give us a call, 415-550-0511. We want to hear what you have to say. democracy depend on something else. They depend on how the people in the rich and the privileged societies learn some other lessons. For example, the lessons that are being taught right now by Mayans in Chiapas, Mexico, they're among the most impoverished and oppressed sectors in the continent. But unlike us, they retain a vibrant tradition of liberty and democracy, a tradition that we've allowed to slip out of our hands or simply be stolen from us. Uh, and unless people in the rich here and other rich and privileged societies, unless they can recapture and revitalize that tradition, uh, the prospects for democracy are indeed few. This is straight to you. Betty the balloons of my white dreams The victory dance you welcome in the air To a state of disrepair This sure seems strange to me They're acting like they won the lottery But shouldn't they feel terror? The task that lies ahead Defeated house of people The system's left for dead And could I have hit the nail much harder on the head? Tired minds, our broken bones, our bleeding limbs And now they stole up all the splits And contracted out the tourniquets And if we jump through hoops, then we might just survive This is what we deserve Struck a palace floors To fight amongst ourselves Scramble for the crumb they spit out Frothing at the mouth about the stickle that they chose it for us With every racist pointed finger I hear the two steps getting closer They no longer represent us Is it not our obligation? To confront the tyranny Well, that was appropriate, was it not, for this time? Even though it was written in 87 or some weird old shit. No, I guess 95. In 95, Papa Gandhi was saying things. We have 11 minutes till our bus. <laughs> so we've got a couple seconds left. 415-550-0511. If you want to call in or if Jonathan wants to put on another song. We got 11 minutes till our bus. Just choose one more song, a quick one. They're all punk songs, so they last like 30 seconds anyway. Or a, two minutes and 30 seconds. However long punk songs last, which are very short, because is their nature to defy song structure. Or to go with, like, hey, 
Buddy Holly's songs were all like two minutes and 30 seconds. So what's wrong with that? Uh, Jonathan has chosen another propaganda song. He's looking it up. It's happening. We'll be back. Uh, you can listen to mutinyradio.fm live all the time. We've got old shows streaming all night long. But we should be back live tomorrow at 10 a.m. But if we're not, it'll be noon. And if it's not noon, it'll definitely be 2. So you should call in 415-550-0511. This is Propagandi. Fuck the border. the police everybody be nice socialism needs to come together now we're all gonna be okay Oof. uh we'll be back tomorrow with more mutiny radio thanks for listening if you've been listening give us a call tomorrow 415-550-0511 it's hard to be alone don't be alone uh enjoy i'm just gonna put on some old bug house square and then it'll turn into the rest of our night playlist. Thanks for being with us all night. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Running dry.